choir needs a fist bump too, of course, right? We all, we all know, thank you. Ben, thank you so much. Friends, like I said, it is great to be with you here again. Uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled to see this kids space up here. More and more churches are doing this. Some put it in the back <laughs> of the sanctuary. This is good. All God's children, right? All God's children have a place in the choir, is how the poem goes, but all God's children have a place in this space as well. If memory serves, this is my second time to preach here, and I've been a pastor long enough to know how this goes. The pastor goes on vacation, and then she or he comes back and says to the session and the works committee, so how did the guest preacher do? And you all go like this, or you go like this, or you go like this, right? So apparently the last time I was here, I must have got a few of these uh, because you all invited me back. And Loretta told me that my wife is coming back. You think I would know that, but I don't, you know. So she's coming back here in a few weeks to preach for you. So that's, um, that's marvelous. Part of my work as the stated clerk, that half of my job, is to see to the orderly arrival and dismissal of new minister members, especially those who come to be our pastors. So I was thrilled to be part of the process uh, that helped bring uh, Pastor, is bringing Pastor Dan and his family here uh, in, in August. Anybody here on the PNC who served on the PNC? So our thanks to you all for that awesome work. That is, that is hard work. Amen. Right, that, is, that is a spirit-led but difficult job, and you all are to be thanked. Months and months and months of work. It is this matter of work, just as Ben told the children, this work of doing ministry, that is the text for today that we see here in Matthew's Gospel. The mission and ministry of the church applies not only to the pastors, but as you all know, to us, right? to all of us together as the Church of Jesus Christ, as those who are trying to follow in the way of Jesus. You know, the early church, before we were even known as Christians, we were known as followers of the way. And I kind of, kind of like that. It's, um, it's kind of code language, right? We are following the way of, of Jesus. We see in our text today, Jesus is working very hard. Matthew says he's going into all of the villages. Maybe that's a little, you know, license. All of the villages and all of the cities. And he's preaching and he's teaching and he's healing and he's sharing the good news of the gospel. In this work, Jesus realizes he has an awful lot to do. And there are so many people in need. It says in the text, that Jesus had compassion on them, right? We know about compassion. Anybody know what compassion means in its simple word? It means to feel with others. So Jesus felt the needs of others. He says those who were lost, so many, he says, are struggling. So many are having a difficult time. He tells his disciples, There's, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So what do you do? Pray. Pray to the Lord to send more laborers into the harvest. Pray that God sends people to help do this good work. Jesus says, I can't do it alone. can't do it all by myself. Jesus sees this need, and so rather than trying to do all the work himself, he decides it's time to send these 12 followers on a bit of a field education work, right? If you are a teacher, you know you had to do student teaching. Any teachers out there like me in the early days, right? Student teaching, you're kind of thrown into it, right? A field education, a residency for a doctor. This, 
This is the time of training. Jesus gives them authority and he sends them out, right? This is OJT, right? Anybody? On the job training that Jesus asks his disciples to do. The workload is to be distributed. It's to be shared. It can't be done by one person. We don't want anybody overburdened. We don't want any one person burned out. We are sometimes susceptible to that in the life of the church. And that's not the way it's supposed to be, Jesus says. The work is to be distributed and shared. And like a good Presbyterian clerk of session, is Walt here today? No, that's all right. You tell him we missed him. That's right. He's a, people are allowed a Sunday off now and again, right? Walt, your clerk of session. Matthew is the very first Presbyterian clerk of session. He's the first stated clerk because he records the names on the church roll of those who are the very first members of the church, the very first disciples to be sent out to do this mission work, right? This is the first recording in the Gospels of the names of the 12, right? The, the 12 disciples that we know. Now, for some reason, my home church, I grew up in a very small church in Wharton, New Jersey, and for some reason, the Sunday school teachers in my growing up years wanted us to know the names of these 12 disciples. I, I don't know why, but anyway, they taught us a song. Anybody ever heard this song before? Right? It's sung to the tune, oh, very good. Will you sing it with me? Bringing, it's sung to the tune of bringing in the sheaves, right? It goes like this. There were 12 disciples. Jesus called to help him. Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, his brother, John, Philip, Thomas, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Judas, and Bartholomew. Right? Pretty cool, huh? Right? Now, that's, the, oh, yeah, thank you, yeah. So that's the, yes, please. That's the first stanza, right? That's the names. The second stanza, though, is probably more important. It goes to the, to the refrain, right? He has called us to, he has called us to, we are his disciples, I am one, are you? He has called us to, he has called us to, we are his disciples, we have work to do. That's really the point of the song, right? First, first part is nice, know the names of the twelve. But the second part is really the main point, right? Jesus calls us to be engaged in the mission and ministry of Jesus in the world. We are called also to be disciples. There were the 12, like Ben said, Ben couldn't fist bump everybody, so he enlisted, right, some of the kiddos to do that. Same with us. The pastor, Pastor Dan is coming, can't do it all himself, so we all need to work together, as you all have been doing and certainly will continue to do. Historically, think about the broad history of the church. For 20 plus centuries, the Church of Jesus Christ has been engaged in this mission and ministry, right? That's what we call it today, the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ in the world. Sometimes the church has done a pretty good job. When was this church founded? What year? 19... Oh, y'all are young, right? 1955. Since then, right, there have been mission and ministry has happened here in this place up to this day. That's a great accomplishment. That's the mission and ministry being done. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we've done an awful job. Oh, my goodness, right? Sometimes the church has even worked against the intentions and the ways of Jesus, and we had to repent from that 
and change our ways. So we constantly need to get together. We need to pray, interpret the scriptures, right? Examine, interpret, look at the world, look what's going on around us, and say, how can we live and follow the way of Jesus Christ in the world today, learning from scripture, learning from our tradition, as we see what is happening in the world today in the surrounding community. That's so we can get it right. We don't want to follow the wrong path. We want to follow the way of Jesus. So we need one another to read, study, pray, interpret, and find out that way. One way we do this, I believe, is in the text today, right? Jesus gives these instructions to the disciples. He gives lots of other instructions and other parts, but here are the ones for today, right? One of the instructions of field work is don't go too far away. Stay close by, right? He says in this case, stay only to the lost sheep of Israel. Don't go to Samaria. Don't go to these Gentile places. Later on in Matthew's gospel, you may recall, the last chapter, Matthew 28, Jesus says what? Go you into where? All the world, right? Very good. All the world, right? It's the Amen Choir back here, right? All the world, right? So, but now it's training. So just, just stick close. Stick close by for now, right? The disciples are to do what Jesus is doing. Find those who are in some ways lost, those who are hurting, those who need justice lived out in their life, those who are poor, those who are sick, those who are spiritually confused, those who live on the margins of the society, those who may live right around the corner from here and don't have purpose and are feeling despair in their life. Go to them, Jesus says. Try to help. Try to offer assistance. And then, very interesting to me, Jesus gives the first lesson in preaching, in what you're supposed to say to people, right, when you encounter them. I find this fascinating, right? When you go, Jesus says, this is of the highest importance. When you go, as you go, Jesus says, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. An interesting thing for Jesus to say. That's the, this is preaching 101. Social relationships, encountering other people in the world, 101. As you go, Proclaim this good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now at first that might sound like, sound like an odd instruction, right? Jesus, we think, might say, love people, right? Feed people, he- heal people, right? Help people find justice. Jesus says these things in other places, right? That, that's, those are the ways of Jesus. But here, at the start, he says, first instruction. As you go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus says your first word should not be words of judgment. You ever hear that from preachers, right? You are a sinner. And if you don't get your life right with Jesus, you're going you know where. That's that's some styles of, of preaching. I've heard that. You've heard that, right? Other styles of preaching are this. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to be successful. 
prosperity gospel preachers. We, you could, there's one on TV probably right now if you want to check it out. That's the message some churches, some preachers give, right? Fire and brimstone preachers, prosperity gospel preachers. Jesus says, no, don't threaten people. Don't let your first word to them be a word of judgment or a word of criticism. But rather, let your first word to them be a word of grace, a word of invitation, right? A word of encouragement. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, we can say those words in a few other ways. We can, we can interpret and we can tweak those words in some other ways. We could say this, you know, God's presence can be felt right here. God is very near to us. Like the hymn, what is it? There is a place of quiet rest. Where? Near to the heart of God. God The psalmist says, you know how close God is? God is as close as your own right hand. Lots of ways to say this phrase. I like this one. When God comes close, good things happen. Or you could flip that. When good things happen, that's a sign that God has come near. I rather like that way. When good things happen, it's a sign that God is near. There was a news story, uh, I think a week or so back, I was on vacation. You don't watch a lot of TV on vacation, that's probably a good thing. So I was reading in Axios on my, uh, my cell phone, you know, the Axios newsletter. It was a very short article at the Bluegrass Army Depot in Richmond, Kentucky, right, where I used to be near there, right? The Defense Department, the defense personnel at that base dismantled the last of more than 100,000 rounds of mustard gas and nerve agents, the last of the U.S. stockpiles of chemical weapons. At the height of the Cold War, the article said, our military had more than 30,000 tons, 30,000 tons of chemical weapons. And today we have none. Many other countries are following suit. This is all part of the chemical weapons convention. To me, that's a sign. That's an indicator that the kingdom of heaven has come near, that people are taking steps to lessen the likelihood of war, in this case, to lessen the likelihood of chemical warfare, which was terrible, you know, especially in World War I. Awful. Hundreds of thousands of people killed by chemical weapons and nerve agents. We've moved away from that awful, evil possibility, and we've come closer, I think, to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, God's work, God's presence in the world. There are many other signs, many, many, many other signs as well. I'm a big fan of my wife and I of NBC News. We like Lester Holt. Lester Holt is one day younger than me, so I kind of kind of like that, you know. Um, and I looked it up. Uh, and um, uh, we like the local NBC News, um, uh, the weather guy. Anybody like Fungus Wednesday? Know what I'm talking about? Fung- yeah, f- fungus, so fungus. If you don't know that, watch NBC on Wednesday night. You'll hear all about that. At the end of the segments that Lester Holt does, there's this segment they use called There's Good News Tonight. Just the fact that that exists on a news broadcast is a sign to me of God's nearness. 
And during that brief new newscast, they'll tell stories, really extraordinary stories, of people doing amazing, generous things out in the world, right? Which illustrate that God is somehow at work, that the Holy Spirit is somehow moving people to do generous things, things you wouldn't expect, right? Generous sharing, encouragement, love, grace, peace, all these things that really are following the ways of God. They do a yearly recap in December, and I would encourage you, you're feeling a little low, you're feeling that God is not so present in the world, just Google Good News Tonight NBC News wrap-up, and you will see all kinds of stories that are so encouraging, and they are signs, indicators, that God is near, that God is at work in the world. The kingdom of heaven has come near, Jesus said. God's realm is here when we just speak it and when we model it and put it into practice in our daily lives, in our actions of grace, our actions of love towards one another, our actions of love toward children. All of those things are indicators of God's nearness. So friends, as disciples today, we are a lot more than 12, yes? We are a lot more than 12. As we engage in the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ, may we continue to proclaim how near God really is. May that be so for you and for me, for all of our children and all of God's people said, amen.